Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Speak, Lord, for we, your servants, are listening. Open our hearts, Lord, to hear your word, to hear your voice, to hear your response as we cry out, save us, Lord. Do your work. Speak, Lord, for we are listening. Amen. Amen. Palm Sunday. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This isn't just a a, a thing that we kind of pulled out to celebrate Palm Sunday. This is something that is connected to the history of our faith, the history of those who went before us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This this is Jesus, and this is the day that he has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. One of the things that uh, I, I kind of, I don't know, I see it as part of my calling is, is trying to help all of us, myself included, to, to, to see how the things that Jesus does are connected to the things from the Old Testament. Right? That, that ours is a faith that is not just Jesus showing up on the scene blindly, but he is a part of a story that, that began, well, not before him, but before his earthly time, right? That, that he comes with a backstory. And for us, that, that we come, that our faith is lived out, connected to those who came before us. And that's not just those who, who claimed Christ before us, but even those in the Old Testament. Part, part of my, my goal, part of my work, I think, is to see how the Bible, all of it, is connected. That this is one story, God's story, and, and how they're all kind of connected and, and, and threaded together with a similar theme, right? That's why a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the woman at the well, we went through and looked at the other places where a well shows up in Scripture and how it was kind of a, a, a setting for a wedding and that the Samaritan woman at the well is getting married to the bridegroom of Christ because she becomes part of the bride. You and I are part of the bride, that we are married to the bridegroom, right? That, that, that it's connected. The, the end of this week Friday happens on a hill, right? A hill called Golgotha, right? The place of the 
the place of the skull, right? Why, why do we call it the place of the skull? Some say, and, and, and the, the most uh, recent thinking is that it's because it looked like a skull. There was a big rock, but, but, but the ancient story is that the place where Jesus was crucified, and we don't know if it's true or not, but I like to think it is, that the place where Jesus died is the place where Adam and Eve were buried. That makes some sense, doesn't it? Right? So some of the ancient pictures of Jesus on the cross has a skull at the foot of the cross. And that's not to represent Golgotha, but that's to, to tie, to, to show us that what Jesus is doing in the cross as he's dying for you is, well, he's undoing what Adam failed to do. It's all connected. It's all interwoven together. It matters. It matters. And so it, it, it matters today as we celebrate Palm Sunday, as we celebrate Jesus coming into Jerusalem as the victor, that, that it's not just a, a, a single event, but it's an event that is rooted in the life and history of Israel. Because that, that gives us a, a fuller color Right? It's like going from black and white to 3D. Right? It gives us a fuller vision of what God is up to, what God is doing. And so, so with that, it's important for us to remember for a moment that, that in the days of Jesus, as he's coming into Jerusalem, that, that the Israelite people, the nation of Israel, it, it, it's occupied. Right? They're not free. Rome is in charge. That's why Pontius Pilate makes it into our creed, right? Because he was the Roman governor. He was the one that had the authority to crucify. Which means that even though they, they thought they were high up, the, the, the leaders of the Jewish people, they, they had authority over them. It was an occupied city, right? That, that means they didn't have freedom. That means that they were continuing to live out of their story, which is beautiful, but also hard, right? They were freed from Egypt. They were delivered to their promised land, and then they were exiled from it. They have a tumultuous story of people being in authority over top of them. So that's the current setting, too. They weren't free. But they had hope because they had all of these promises, all of these prophecies that one day there was going to be a guy who was going to come and he was going to be king. And there were all kinds of different stories and thoughts about what this king was going to do. But the biggest understanding was that this king was going to come and was going to give them their freedom back. That this political king was going to overthrow and overturn the people that were above them so that they could stand on their own without authority over them. This was the expectation that when the Messiah comes, we'll be our own people again, right? That, that's the setting. So they're oppressed, but they're hopeful, 
And, and, and furthermore, there's all this frenzy of excitement and activity. The story, the name of Jesus was beginning to expand. Lots of people had seen and named him as Messiah, the coming one, the king that's coming. And there was excitement with that. But there was all kind of expectation put on that term, Messiah. They were expecting Jesus to come and overturn and overthrow and rule and win. They were expecting Jesus to be the winner, right? That makes sense? So all of a sudden, Jesus is coming into the city. And there's all kinds of excitement. There's all kinds of fanfare. There's all kinds of expectation and frenzy and activity, right? Because this is the, the week before the Passover, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, but what that means is it wasn't just Jesus coming into the city, but also this day, Palm Sunday, was the day ascribed by the, the rabbis from of old that this was the day when all the Passover lambs were going to come into the city. Like 100,000 lambs were being herded into the city. That's a lot of noise. Amen? That's a lot of chaos. That's a lot of crazy. And, and there would have been people coming from all over to be there. It would have been crowded. It would have been nuts. It would have been, and I know because I was there a couple of weeks ago, it would have been crazier than Disney World. <laughs> right? And in the midst of this, Jesus comes. All kinds of expectations, all kinds of energy and excitement and, and craziness and fun and, and, and hoopla, all of it. And in the middle of it, Jesus begins to come into the city and people erupt into singing and proclaiming Psalm 118. Psalm 118. We just read it. It's a vital psalm in the history of Israel. It's an important psalm because it's connected to two significant holidays in the Jewish faith. And the first is Passover. Passover, right? That's the celebration of the, the, the uh, deliverance of Egypt, uh, of Israel from Egypt, right? With the ten plagues and all that. The Passover was the final plague, the death of the firstborn, the slaughtering of the lamb. The painting of the blood on the doorpost, right? All of these symbols, all of these images, all of these words come out to bear in the week ahead of us. But Psalm 118 was, well, it was one of the psalms that was sung, that was celebrated every year on Passover. It's part of the Hallel songs, which is where we get the word hallelujah from. It means praise, so this is a psalm of praise for what God is doing. And what God is doing is delivering his people. What God is doing is making you right so that you can enter the gates. We just sang about that. Death is arrested. Right? Death thought it won. And yet because of who Jesus is, because of this blessed one who comes in the name of the Lord, it, it wasn't him that was arrested. It is death 
that is put behind bars. It is death that is defeated. It is death that is arrested. So your life can begin. This is why we sing praise to God. Don't you think it's fitting that the whole celebration of Passover was how the the blood of the lamb of the Passover was painted on the doorpost so the angel of death would come and pass over so that the firstborn son wouldn't die. That, that That was how Israel was saved. And yet this week we celebrate the very essence of the firstborn of all creation being put to death. So you can live. This is Jesus. This is his dying for you. What once blood was shed so the firstborn would be saved, now the firstborn, his blood is the very thing that saves you. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. But why palm branches, right? That's, that's connected to the second part, the, the second celebration. And, and it's perhaps one you've heard about. It's the festival of booths or the festival of the tabernacle, right? Maybe you've heard of that. It shows up a couple times in the New Testament. And that was another, kind of like how Passover was something that the Jewish folks celebrated every year. The festival of tabernacles is something that they celebrate every year. It's a, it's a seven-day-long festival, And it's to commemorate God's deliverance as he worked with them and walked with them as they were wandering in the wilderness. Have you been in a wilderness before? Have you been lost? Have you forgotten which way's up? Been clouded in darkness? Shrouded in turmoil and pain? Has God gotten you through it? Has God walked with you in the midst of your wilderness? Have you been delivered? This is why we celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. It's to remember that God didn't save you from slavery just to abandon you when you're in the wilderness. Right? Let me put it in our Christianized ways. God didn't deliver you from sin to abandon you when you live in the aftermath of sin. Amen? He walks with you through it. He didn't die for you to let you wander on your way and get lost all the time. He died for you so that he might come to you and walk with you into life, even when it feels like death. He's with you. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Have you been there? We will fear no evil, for the Lord is with you. He is with you. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So every every year, the the, the Jewish folks would would celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths. And the the fun tradition of it is they they for seven days would build a a structure, a tent, and, and live outside in the tent. To remember the days when they lived outside in the wilderness. It lasted for seven days. And the the seventh day was 
the, the day of celebration. It, it was the most exciting day, and it was a day that was filled with palm branches and celebration, and they would walk around seven times around the, the tabernacle, and they would sing praise to God, and they would celebrate. And, and it was a, a special day because it was called, in Hebrew, the great Hosanna. The great Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he. You know what Hosanna means? It means save us. Save us. It, it actually means, it's, it's, it, the root word is save us, but it's more like a save us now. We, we cry, we pray, save us now. Do your holy work upon us now. Have you been there where you've cried, Lord, I need you now. I need your strength now. I need you to show up now because if you don't, I, 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 my life's over. Have you been there? Hosanna, save us now. Save us now. You know what Jesus' name, the root of his name is? Hosanna. Yeshua comes from the same root where we get Hosanna. Jesus is coming into the city and the people are crying out, save us to the one who is named. Save us. They're, they're crying out, save us now, Jesus. They're saying, Jesus, save us. Be who you are. Right? Because names in, in the Hebrew faith, they're not just fun syllables that have significance. They, they have meaning. They have depth. You embody your name. And so Jesus is named Jesus, Yeshua, because he is the one who saves when we cry out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, we're crying out, Jesus, Jesus us. Right? I mean, that, that's what they're crying. That's what we cry out, Jesus, Jesus us. Jesus us now. This is who he is. This is what he does. This is why he comes. To save you. To save you. Now, now it's important for us to remember, like those, those folks that were there at that first parade, that, that man, so, sometimes we miss it. So, sometimes we get it wrong. They were all crying out, save us, deliver us. And they were saying, deliver us from the Romans. Come and restore us to our glory days. Sometimes I think we cry out to Jesus in the same way, don't we? Save us, Lord. Save me, Lord. Give me back what I lost. Give me my dignity again. Give me my honor again. 
Give me my life back. Give me my story back. Sometimes I think we cry out to Jesus because we want to go back to the way it was. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus has a future for you. And he's saving you for that. That's what redemption is. It's about looking ahead. And I'm sorry to say this, but sometimes it doesn't look the way we want it to. Sometimes Jesus' saving works is different than the scripture you wrote for yourself. I don't think Jesus wrote the script for himself, right? That saving would come through dying. And yet I think that is also our call. I think that's your call. That your life is found, is redeemed, is made whole. And you're dying. A guy once told me that uh, he was talking to pastors, so he said to be a pastor, but I think it works for you as well. To be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus, you got to look good on wood. You're going to get crucified. You're going to get crucified in this life. That's what we're called to. To die to ourselves. So that Jesus can take up his life in you. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. He's not the Savior we may have thought him to be, but he is the Savior you need. He is the one who opens up the gate so you can enter in. He is the one that arrests death. So life true life can begin in you. That's what the week ahead is about. Come and worship the blessed one who Jesus is you in the name of Christ. Amen.